You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. The Rambam does not count Zechiras Miriam as a mitzvah. I'm going to read tonight what the Rambam does say about Zechiras Miriam. It's very powerful, but he doesn't count it as a mitzvah the same way the Ramban does. But I think before I do that, I would like to just show you this very subtle difference between the Ramban and Sefer HaMitzvos and the Rambam Sefer HaMitzvos about Zechira Samolek. To reiterate, the purpose of describing the story of the battle that we had against Amalek is first to understand the rationale of why he needs to be destroyed. The story makes us understand God's command and, and, and whether we can justify it or not from a woke perspective or from a 21st century perspective, even if we're not woke, um, I don't know whether it's, it's good enough. But at least it was meant for generations to, to give a context to what seems to be a barbaric command. That is the way the Ramban explains Zechiras Amolek. I'd like to contrast that to the Rambam statement in Sefer Mitzvahs, which if you haven't heard it, I think might disturb you. But here is the Rambam statement in Sefer Mitzvahs. The Rambam says, we have a mitzvah, of course, to destroy Amalek. Okay? And the Rambam says clearly that that mitzvah includes males, females, children, adults. Timcha ezeich Amalek. The Rambam does not, again, he talks more about what, might be considered genocidal or destructive mitzvos when he talks about killing the seven nations. Um, we've talked about that Rambam in previous classes when we talked about the idea of war. But here's the Rambam, which I have not spoken to you about. Listen to this. The mitzvah, and again, this is translated, you can see on the screen, the Arabic on one side and the Hebrew in the other side. Now, some of you might be wondering that this doesn't look like Arabic. This looks like Hebrew. The answer really is that the Jews in North Africa, in Mitzrayim, even in Eretz Yisrael, in some extent, and in uh, Yemen and all these countries, Arabic was the language, but they used Hebrew lettering. And the Rambam, Sadia, and all the great writers, the Bachia Ibn Pakuda, who wrote the Chovas Alvavos, they all wrote their manuscripts in Hebrew lettering. But the Hebrew letters formed Arabic words. So the Arabic alphabet wasn't necessarily uh, known to them, but the language was. And they used the Hebrew letters that uh, corresponded in terms of the sounds that the Arab language was supposed to make. So 
just in case you're wondering. So here is the uh, Arab, and you can see the Arabic here. Al-Matzvah al-Tasa'ah v'tama'an uma'aya. That's the 100th and 89th mitzvah. What is the 189th mitzvah? We'll go to the Hebrew now, translated by Kapach, the ultimate Maimonidean Arabic scholar of the 20th century. Remember what Amalek did? That again, he did try to um, uh, come and, and, and uh, oppose us when we were at the inception of our of our life as a nation. To say it always. Very similar to what we saw the Ramban about Miriam. It needs to be mentioned consistently. Well, why do we mention it? According to the Rambam, to give the Ramban, to give it context. According to the Rambam, when I read this, and I read this, I, I want to tell you, I read this for the first time, probably when I was about 18 or 19 years old. And what it, what it, what it seemed to me was very similar to something I had read in George Orwell's 1984. You might remember they had something called the three-minute hate. You might remember that they would sit in front and in Orwell's uh, dystopian vision of the future, they would sit in front of a telescreen where was projected upon the telescreen, I believe the image of Goldstein, who was the, uh, the hated one, which was obviously a reference to some of the Jews who had been involved in communism. And when they would see Goldstein's face, everyone would sit there and I don't know what it was about Goldstein's face or some of the language that was used would bring everyone into a, a frothy frenzy of hatred. I think it was called the three minute hate. I, again, I haven't seen it in many years, but when I, I had read 1984 and then I saw this Rambam, look what the Rambam says. Get people angry, get people excited in order to go out in battle. Vinikra es adam and call to people. In other words, it shouldn't just be an empty reading. It shouldn't just be No, you're what you're supposed. What you're that's good if you read the Torah. It's also good, but what it's meant about is to use to to know the story. And to use it as a way to call out the people, you've got to hate these people. Because we can't forget what they did. And we and our hatred cannot ever go down. Obviously, memory. What do you mean memory? We weren't there. How could we can have a continuous uh, millennium spanning battle at an event we weren't there at. So what you need to do is to engage in it, engage in the description consistently to make sure that it becomes one of the central themes of our life that despite the fact that we become hundreds and thousands of years removed from the initial event, the hatred has to stay fiery. It has to stay fresh. 
And that's what the Torah says. Zachor es asher amolek. Um, and again, we need to we need to excite people to get them to want to actually battle. We want to excite them that they will be willing to actually take up arms and do this mitzvah that he writes in the paragraph before to actually wipe women and children and 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 and, and, and of course men to wipe them out. And if you don't have the the story laced with the negativity, painting them as demonic, then, of course, human beings are going to become complacent and not going to try to get involved in a a muhammad that could endanger themselves in order to wipe these people out. The Rambam then quotes a sifrei. Zachor es asher asalucha amolek bepeh. Now, this is not the Sifrei that the Ramban quoted. The Ramban quoted a Safra. And look, I want, to, I want you to read, I want to read this Ramban carefully with you. The Sifrei says, Zachor is doing it bipeh. Lotishkach is believe. What does that mean? I say it and then it's in my heart? The Rambam is bothered by the Sifrei. Usually it's in your heart. And then it's in your mouth. And here it says, do it in your mouth and then in your heart. Klomar. This means to say, since we know that the Jews, B'nai Yisroh, not Jews, the B'nai Yisroh are going to continue to exist and continue to thrive, hopefully, for, for a millennia past the initial events of the war against Amalek that happened when they left Mitzrayim, you're going to need a more dvarim bepicha. You're going to need to engage in colorful, strident language. You're going to need that language in order to make sure that the generations to come keep the hatred. That's why it says, Zohar bepet. And that way it will now get into your lave which is very different than what I was saying last week, as you might remember, in the Ramban. When the Ramban talked about the mitzvah of Zechiras Miriam, I understood that to mean that, that there's a, always a method of that Lashon Hara when we actually give, when we give uh, articulation to an idea, it becomes more real to us. And we can actually now accept it more than we're just thinking about it. That's not what the Rambam, the Rambam means. The Rambam is taking this sifrei to, to do exactly what he said in the sentences before. We know that this is an event that is in the midst of time. What can we do to keep our warriors there? Now, this is, this is not what Hirsch and other apologists say is the mitzvah of Amalek. That it's to it's to it's to destroy the idea of Amalek, destroy that might makes right, to remember the story so we should never fall into the trap of thinking people like Amalek should run the world. All of that is very good 19th century apologia, which I am happy to 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 actually put forward as probably the way this mitzvah should be described uh, for people in the 21st century. Again, especially Balichuv and others uh, who are finding that Judaism sanctions mass murder, tell them, Hirsch, hide this Rambam from them if you want to. <laughs> but the Rambam is the Rambam. 
The Rambam, if you want to study the Rambam, the Rambam is being true to what he said in the mitzvah before, that this is a way to keep us hating. Now, I mentioned the fictional 1984 as where I first encountered this. Those of you that know about what the Palestinians or children are raised with, they are raised with this exactly. The ones that are raised, whether it's in Gaza or, or other places where the Palestinians live, they are told over and over about the, what the hated Israelis did in 1948, the Nakba. And that is implanted in these children in order to turn them into uh, human bombs against our people. And that is, but the method is exactly what the Rambam is describing. Um, then what's interesting is the Rambam quotes that Safra, that is the Ramban's proof about Zechiras Miriam, but he doesn't quote the one about Zechiras Miriam. If you remember last week, the Safra that the Ramban quoted mentioned a number of Zechirot. It mentioned the Zechira of Shabbos, it mentioned the Zechira of Amalek, and mentioned a number of sources. So the Rambam, the Rambam knew about this Safra, and he quotes it here, which makes his, the Ramban's question about Miriam even stronger. In other words, what the, Ramban, what the Rambam is going to mention now also talks about the mitzvah of talking about the story of Miriam. So we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. But here's that Safra. Zechoros asherosa lecha amolek. Yolkol bilvavecha. I might think all you need to do is think about it. Keshu omer lo tishkach hareshichasaleva amura. Aha. Mani makayim zochor. Shetei shona beficha. It needs to be said over and over. So that Safra, why he doesn't, if he knows about it, why doesn't he count the mitzvah of Miriam as well. In fact, the, one of the biggest defenders of the Rambam, and I think that he defends him almost in an absurd fashion, uh, he, he, he's so uh, um, uh, you know, entrenched in defending the Rambam, he'll say things which are absurd. That is the Megillas Esther, who Rabbi Yitzchak Dilion, uh, who wrote a commentary, a defense of the, of the Rambam. In this point about the mitzvah of Zechiras Miriam being a mitzvah, he says, I don't have an answer for, my, for the Rambam. I do not know why the Rambam doesn't count it as a, as a full-fledged mitzvah. But anyway, he does count Zechiras Hamolek, he does quote the same Safra, and he mentions here the Rambam again, We know Shmuel did the same thing. What did Shmuel do when he called the people to, to fight against Amalek in the time of Shaul? He told a story. And then he said, go out and kill them. Because he says, God is now taking revenge about what Amalek did to Yisrael. So the same thing Shmuel did hundreds of years later is what we need to continue to do. And therefore, it would seem to me that if someone is honest, once a year is probably not enough. And the idea of Parsha Zohar being the mitzvah of, of, of Zechira Samolek does not seem to be true according to the Rambam. From the Rambam, it would seem this needs to be done much more often. Now, obviously, the big difference between this and Zechira Miriam is Zechira Miriam is something that confronts us every day. 
Every day, one could think, I want to get into a schmooze with somebody and talk with my friends, and Lashonara will probably come up. But where are you going to go now and fight Amalek? Doesn't, the, the Rambam knows, he's very aware that, that we don't know where Amalek is. So it does seem an anachronistic type of mitzvah. Unlike whatever, whatever uh, the, you know, Orwell was trying to uh, refer to, uh, because I think there was a resistance, you know, in the in, in 1984, and of course, you know, Lahavdo, the Palestinians. It's strange that the Rambam feels this should be done consistently when it's hard to know who the enemy is, and yet I don't have any other honest way to read the Rambam than saying that the Rambam does expect a Malik to rear his head, and he expects there to be. A, a, a full-fledged battle. And, when, and we need to be ready for that battle. And the only way we're going to be ready for that battle is if we build up the, the, the negative aspects to the point that there's, it's more than just you know, uh, condescension and understanding how, 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 how lacking Amalek is. We need to actually hate him. We need to actually carry within us an, uh, an emotional hatred. Otherwise, we will not be moved to eliminate them by, by killing them. So that is just in terms of, again, and again, there might be others who have explained this Rambam. I do not believe that there's more to explain. I think this is the reality. And I think, it, 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 you know, I, I know that we've had comments from other uh, people when we've spoken about this, that the Rambam had an Islamic uh, sensibility about war uh, in general, and this is in line to uh, to the Islamic uh, approach. Again, I do contrast it to the Ramban, who says the story justifies the command, whereas according to the Rambam, the story enables the command to be uh, to be acted out. And I think those are two very different approaches. Now, as promised, let me show you what the Ram- what the Rambam does say about Miriam. And this is really, I believe, um, um, a masterpiece of writing on the Rambam's, uh, on the Rambam's uh, part. I have to tell you, the Rambam is a very elegant writer. Um, his Mishnah Torah is, although some people find it a little dry, I, I think it's a masterpiece of construction. The Rambam uh, often um, uh, has phrases that are in the spirit of Chazal, but he puts his own phraseology on it. And, and sometimes his phraseology has, has displaced the, the pithy comments of Chazal as the one everybody remembers. Um, another thing the Rambam does is he finishes chapters with a combination of law and ethics and ideas. In other words, he knows how to end. You know, people will tell you the, the, the key, you know, I, you know, I teach film. I have many times reference film. You got to have a great climax. You have to have that last reel has got to be a barn burner. The Rambam understood that when you're finishing a chapter, 
or, 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 or meaning uh, a whole collection of laws, whether it's one of the 14 books or sometimes the end of a very complicated series of law, the Rambam seamlessly allows those, this description of law to, to somehow become part of a more philosophical uh, understanding of, of, of the big picture. And, and the Rambam does this seamlessly. You know, I, I once heard from, from someone I would have loved to study by, I consider him uh, my Rebbe in some ways in terms of trying to emulate him. Uh, I did have the schools to speak with him uh, twice, uh, Chaim, Rav Chaim Soloveitchik, who is, of course, uh, the son of Rav Yosheber of Boston, uh, who I believe is hands down uh, the greatest um, scholar in Jewish studies uh, around, um, the most brilliant and original. And um, I heard him say that the Ramban is a very tortured writer. He wasn't able to shift on a dime and write things different in different modes. He's, he's almost, he almost has to repeat himself in, 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 in terms of structure. He, he feels the Ramban is, doesn't have, oh, the Ramban has a lot of deep ideas. Many times, like what he says in Sefer Mitzvahs, you'll find a, a, a parallel part of a chapter in his commentary on Chumash, and you won't see really a, a, a great distinction between the two, even though the books have wildly different uh, purposes. Whereas the Rambam, as you can see from this, uh, from here, is a beautiful writer. Here's what he says. Hatsaras husheim ha'omer b'shutfus. Tsaras is something. But it really means a number of things. The term tsarat. Think about it. As he's described, this is the this is the this is the, the end of the 15th chapter of the laws of Tsaras. Very tough to go through 15 chapters. So now he's saying that you know, Tsaras is really something that that's quite different. Think about it. The word saras means the white skin of a person. That's called saras. Nefilas saras. But then you also have the idea of a loss of hair, where you have the hair is totally missing from a certain section. That's called saras. Right? So in other words, to think saras is, oh boy, that's saras. Saras, he's a doctor, the Rambam. And he says, we're going to call that Saras. We're going to call uh, a, a, a bald spot out of nowhere Saras. Or some sort of discoloration, not on human skin, but on leather or on brick is called Saras. Especially, okay, you might want to talk about the, what happens on human skin. The Rambam was aware of diseases of human skin. It's not Hansen's disease, but he was aware of the diseases of human skin. But this that occurs, that it occurs and it sprouts on your couch or it sprouts it on, your, on top of your fireplace, that the Torah calls tzaras, it clearly is not 
something that occurs naturally. And this is strange. Remember, the Rambam is the one who says miracles are all sort of like, you know, have been, uh, have been, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Downloaded and, 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 and indicated from the beginning of creation. Miracles don't, remember, it's the Ramban who says every moment is a miraculous recreation. He says these saras, where it occurs in the house, and on items, uh, in, in, uh, items you sit on, is a miracle. It's a pella, and the whole purpose of it is The purpose of this miracle was to stop humans from falling into the trap, the appealing, alluring trap of Because we know all of a sudden you're talking Lashonara. I don't know, somewhere at the racetrack, wherever you are, at Shul. And when you come home, your house is somehow changed. Okay, that itself is strange. But then the Rambam says, Im bo If you, when you see it, and the Kohen explains that, that this is connected to your evil speech, and you say, okay, I'm not going to speak bad anymore. I've got to stop. I was wrong. I have to stop doing that. That is what's going to allow that discoloration to dissipate and not be there anymore, to shrink and not be there anymore. And the reason when the Torah says that it doesn't shrink or it grows, and then what, you, what do you need to do? You need to actually take that part of the house and, and, and rip it out and almost destroy that section of your home, why does that happen? It happens, the Rambam says, because you didn't take Musr. You decided to keep on saying Lashon Hara. Im Omad Berisho, So this is an example of incredible Hashkoch HaPratis. But let's say now your house is broken, and now you have this house that you need to try to, to, to rebuild, but you're still saying Lashon Hara. Mishtanin All of a sudden, your couch, your jacket, something happens. What's this? What you're sitting on and sleeping on. You wake up one morning. No, 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 no. What's this? What is this? It's getting closer to you. Yitaru. If you do tshuva, that's what's going to happen. That's how it's going to dissipate, and you're not going to, and you're, and you won't, and it won't be tame. And this item can be used again. The imama berisho, what's going to happen? You're going to have to burn this thing. That was my favorite couch. Adshi yusorfu. Then what happens? Mishtanim abagodim shalov. Then it becomes your shirt, your pants. It becomes what you're wearing. But once again, you can do tshuva, yitaru. Oh, they're not there anymore. You don't have to send the cleaners. This isn't going to work. But if you keep on not hearing the, heeding the call, you're still the balash and horror that you were before, and you're going to have to burn this stuff. What's going to happen? Mishtana oro. Then one day you're going to find it's on my skin. The yitzara. And now it's much worse. 
It's not that you have this time bomb. You have this item that can make people tome and that it's avatuma. It's, it's got saras on it. You are an avatuma. You are the umuvdo. You have to go, go after, you have to leave, you have to go to the outside of the, of, of, the, of Machne Yisrael. Umafursum levada, when everybody knows about you, because you have to keep on telling everybody, I'm Tomei, I'm Tomei. Ah, and you know what this is going to do to you? God is going to say, look, I tried. I tried to help you. And now you're not going to talk to anybody because you don't have anyone to talk to. Because you know what? Talking to people, which is the average thing we all do, we all use our power of speech to communicate. She alates us. Because what do we, what, what does a Russia talk about? Some sort of hip joke, some sort of cute thing, some sort of insult. This idea of taking heed and not allowing it to develop not allowing it to develop, that's where the Torah says, he shomer saras. Now remember, he, the Rambam is not referring to what he does count in another place, that he shomer is a losase against cutting off a piece of the nega. He zomer benegat saras means you have got to realize what this process is. And realize well, that Rabbi Kivalovich, yes, um, the Rambam doesn't count um, a lav against speaking Russian horror, right? He does. He counts loselech rochil, which which okay. which which is a lav that includes Russian horror as well, rochil okay. and Russian horror. Okay, all right. So so you're right. You're remembering that one of the reasons why the Ramban was passionate. He says, how can there not be a love against the speaking of mm-hmm. Lashon Hara? The Kovitz the, the Chaim already mentions, well, the Rambam does have a love of Lashon Hara. It sounds like you don't. <laughs> In other words, it sounds like the Ramban feels that Rechilus, which we call as tail-bearing, is not necessarily Lashon Hara. And, and, and you need to really think why those two are so different. In other words, Lashon Hara, as we know, is about telling a person about what others have been saying about it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you're telling something bad about the people that are talking. For example, I, right? Could, another, could, I just, I, could I just ask you if this is the distinction? And this is what I'm, what I'm actually getting at. Lo techel um, uh, Rachil. Rachil, right? So it's lo techel that you go out and do it. It, 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 it may not be that a person speaks Lashonara because he purposely went out to do it, but just speaking Lashonara. In other words, the, the, if you go out with the purpose of doing it, like sometimes there are mitzvot that depend on what their purpose is. Um, and so I'm just wondering whether there's, there's that sort of distinction. In other words, if you purposely you know, make up your mind, you're going to go spread a story about somebody. That's what's forbidden. But, and I'm not trying to justify Lashon Har in any way. I'm just trying to ask whether that's the distinction. I'll tell you what I think the distinction is. I'll tell you where I think the distinction is. I think, well, Selech Rochil would be, um, um, 
right. I would say the following. Um, I'm going to use somebody who's here. Um, I hope you don't mind, okay? Because I know we all like each other. Harry, I'm going to use you. So I'm going to tell, I'm going to go over to you, um, um, uh, Bob, and I'm going to say, you know, I was just by Harry. And Harry was talking to Sheila, and they were saying how they really don't have, you know, that they, they've had enough, really, of inviting uh, uh, Bob over. So they're not really going to have Bob over. So you should, I come and tell you, you know, you should really don't don't press yourself again with 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 Harry and Sheila because they really aren't your friends, and I I I don't want that. I don't want to see you um, make a fool of yourself. Okay, none of this is true. Harry and Sheila. And, 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 and Bob, and we all love each other, right? But I'm just using you to make it real. Now, what if I, is that is technically, is that Lashon Hara? Okay, the, the fact that they find you, um, that they find you uh, annoying, they don't want you to invite you, right? And I'm actually trying to, right? So I'm, that is called Rachilus. I haven't really said that Harry has got a problem or that Harry, you know, there's something wrong with him or there's something wrong with Sheila or that she did something. I just told them, I just told you that don't think they're such good friends of you. So that is called Rechilus. I have not in any way said that one of them isn't smart or one of them isn't this. Uh, Is it wrong to find somebody annoying? No. But what I've done is I've created a situation where now you heard what I said about them, about what they are saying about you, and now you hate them. And now you feel insulted and hurt. And that is Rechilus. Right? That's, that, that's classic Rechilus. But, but, but what, what if you're, you're a good friend and you're trying to really uh, help? It, it, you know, what if it might be true? And that's how you feel. You, can't you express that, that maybe, uh, you know, to save the relationship? It would still be considered rechilus if you well, see, you know, you're pushing yourself. That might, I, I, Dr. Kogan, I would say that many times the rochel is trying, to, justifies what he said as a way to save the relationship. In fact, I might go over to Bob and say, look, Bob, I think what you need to do is call up Sheila and Harry and say, apologize for being annoying. And maybe they will like you. I, I might do that too. I'm still a rochel. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? Because well, basically no, what I did was... The very act. The very act in, in a neutral say, regardless. Because here I was, you know, being a busybody and, 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 and telling what's going on here to some people over there. Right? Tell, telling something that I heard or saw, not necessarily something evil or something negative. There's no slander here. That's rochilus. The Ramban says, but Lashon Hara is something different. Lashon Hara is, he isn't who he thinks he is. Lashon Hara would be that this person is not as pure as he thinks he is. This person is making a mistake. This person has done an Avera. This person uh, is, is acting in a way that's ruining things. I'm, 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 I'm telling another, for example, Aaron did not know about um, what was going on between Sipporah and Moshe. So Aaron now believes that Moshe has hurt someone. Moshe is not who he was. Up until this point, Moshe was the most beautiful, wonderful brother. And now Aaron is hearing from his sister, oh boy, I guess our brother has a problem. 
our brother is mistreating his wife. Our brother, and this could lead to our brother being hated by the Jewish people if people find out about it. As we said last week. Oh, yeah. So this was, or, right? This was, that's Lashon Hara. Because that isn't what, what Moshe thinks about us. That's, that's denigrating the level of another person. That's why, by the way, you know, again, I didn't want to make this a sheer all about Lashon Hara. But one of the most important dinim of Lashon Hara is the following. The Lashon Hara is about <laughs> knocking down the respect level that the other person has for someone else. So if both of us, for example, I say this all the time, if two people really can't stand another person, they hate him to the point that there's nothing else you can add so the, the the actual story about something, for example, Trump, let's say, that people who hate Trump, okay? So, oh, here's another thing he did. Does that make people hate him any worse? Okay, he did that too. He he sent the Justice Department to to, to read somebody's, uh, to, to check the cell phone records. If you hated this guy, you're going to hate him just the same. You don't hate him anymore because of the story. In other words, Lushnar is really not about as the Chavetz Chaim explains, not about the actual description of, 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 of events, but the effect that they have in the eye of the other person to make, or, or, to, make that, to make you think less of that person. But if you've already reached the nadir of that other person, you can continue to say it. Many times I will talk to friends of mine, for example, you know, of, of my... Uh, I... Uh, I will speak to my friends who I went to high school with and I'll talk about my old principal. We, we hated him so much. One more story isn't going to make us hate him anymore. So it's like, like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we'll laugh about it, but it's not going to, it's not going to alter our basic, our, our basic Havana of that person. That's what Lashon Hara is. Rechilus is about destroying um uh, relationships by giving information or half information to another person. That's what Rechilus is. Okay? The two obviously cross, can, can, can come together. What's clear from the Ramban is that he does not believe that Loselech Rochel is a, a, a losase that applies purely to Loshon Hara. Okay? Bob, is that clear, I think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm getting what you, I'm getting what you said. I just, uh, I, I, it just it makes it, it gives a richer understanding of the differences between the Rambam okay. and the Rambam. Okay. So now, what is this Hishomer Benegat Saras now? So the Rambam is already on record for saying what it means is the Losase. That's a Gemara and Makos. The Rambam doesn't deny that. It's a, it's a Mishnah that if you cut off, it's one of those things you get makos for. That he shomer is a losase. And you're going to get makos for trying to cut off the tzaras. But the Rambam now puts another aspect in he shomer. He shomer means don't, you need to understand what the tzaras process is. And therefore, zachor is asher Miriam baderach. In other words, you need to realize when Sarah starts, it is God giving you a chance, God sending you a message, and this is where it's going to devolve into. And that is, by, by continuing to stay a Baal Lashon Hara, you are missing the point about what Sarah is. 
Then the Ramban now adds Zachor. So he says, Zachor is Asher Osa Shemalak Echel Miriam, Harehu Omer, his Bonanu, my Eirel Miriam. I have to tell you something. Um, this is already something that we can align with the Ramban. The Ramban says it needs to be spoken about consistently. The Rambam says another term, his bonanu, my Eira You need to think about it. You need to really, and the Chafetz Chaim writes in a number of places, that his bonanu means, you can't just say, you did your Zechirah. You need to know the story. You need to think about it. You need to know the depth of this. You need to be misbone. Right? And then he, he then repeats pretty much the same thing that we saw in the Ramban. By the way, you see from here that the Ramban believes an older sister has something over a younger brother. It's not so simple. There are some that say the respect that you have to give to an older sibling is only an older brother, not an older sister. But here you see that this applies to Miriam, who was the oldest of the children. That first of all, she was older than him. Now, this, I think, is also interesting. And now we talk about fleshing out the story. Can any of you listening here tell me where the Rambam gets this? That she helped raise him? She helped raise him? Again, according, we know Yocheved nursed him. Yocheved did that. And we know she looked out for him. But did she actually was one of the people who helped raise him? Right? Now, this is something you could say. That, again, it's not such a big deal. It's not such a big leap of, of imagination, but I don't remember it in the Psukim anywhere. There might be Midrashim to talk about it. Um, we know that we have, of course, the Chazal, that, that, that she was called Pua, remember? This was Miriam's alter ego, that she would be, um, she would like make baby noises and talk to the little babies, saying cuckoo to them, and, and she did that to other babies. So it makes sense that she probably helped, you know, as a mother's helper in those first three months uh, to Moshe. But it also seems she did something like that at the court of, of Paro, that, she, that, that when she showed up, she was also, brought her mother, but, but she also showed up herself and was also took part in raising Moshe Rabbeinu into who we became. Okay, this, of course, is clear. And we know that happened because we know that um, um, for her to just show up, who are, who are you? What are you doing here, right? Like, here she is. Like, and, and clearly, this was, you know, the interjection that she did here, she could have been killed for, like, showing up in the palace. Vivo Dibra Bignuso, of course, she didn't try to insult him. She just made a mistake. She thought he was like another Novi. Right? And we know that Moshe, even when he found out what Miriam said, it didn't mean anything. It wasn't hurt at all. For sure, most people. 
there's shemarbim ladaber gedolos viniflos. Again, I, I mentioned, you know, again, I, <laughs> I don't know why, again, Trump comes to mind, but anybody comes to mind. Most people, when they want to say some juicy Lashon Hara, they try to turn it into a great motif, right? That's the point. It isn't just enough, you know, this guy goes to Red Lobster. You know, that's what I'm telling you. This guy goes to Red Lobster. You know, he's, he's really loves, he really loves the seafood. He just can't get, okay. That's not enough. What you need to say is, and that's what it's like about these people. You know, these, these people who seem to be so from on the, uh, on the outside, it's like they're wound up like a spring. And, 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 and when it gets to them, they become like the biggest polytive in the world. And can you believe that? Like, they, 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 they have to go eat lobster because, you know, they, they, can't, they can't be happy with what they get at a regular burger from, 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 from Kosher Delight. So, in other words, they turned the Lush and Hara into like a huge story. Right, 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 right. It's it's like niflaos, right, right. They they got it. It isn't just oh, you want to hear what this guy is doing. They make it into like a, a motif. They make it into like a, like a theme. That's basically what what Rishoyim enjoy doing, because again, it, it, it's it's a way of self aggrandizement, but it also turns what's really just ugly gossip into some uh, you know some elevated like like like, like drosha about somebody like okay and this is the uptight of what these people are all about. Someone wants to really you know get his life in order, stay away from them. Because you will get trapped. I mean, it is juicy, and it is great to be able to to sort of like you know on the fly uh, develop this type of uh, these type of ideas, and it's a lot of fun to sort of like yeah oh yeah that, that that's really what it shows, doesn't it? And that's really a trap that that gets you into this foolishness. And then the Rambam finishes off the 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 the, the, the seder of alochas. He says, "V'zeu derech yeshivas aleksim arishoyim betchila marbin bedivrei havoi." Basically, they start with things that are just, you know, like wild out there, like these these huge theories that somehow explain everything that are that are, that are just weird. So when they first they start with these with these big theories, and then, as you can see, when we told and from there, once they've got you talking about, you know. Oh, it's fascinating, right? Oh, yeah. But really, it's all, you know, it's, it's not scientifically proven. It's not empirically true. It's basically just some sort of, like, you know, cockeyed theory that, that, that's, like, really wild, but, but it's, like, you know, it's somehow fascinating. And then, all of a sudden, it, all, it turns to who? It turns to zeroing in on the supposed leaders, the tzaddikim. Kenyan Shinemar, Te'olamno Sifsei Shoker, Tzadik Otok. And from there, speaking about the ones that are here today, they go further. First, they, they, they take down the clay idols of today. And then they go further, and they go back to the people who have, in our history, been our leaders, our guides. They're the ones that are in Tanakh, the ones that we think speak spoke from God's mouth to them with Ruach HaKodesh V'litein dofi b'divreya Kenyan shenemar v'imalivim b'malochei Elohim 
Then they start insulting the angels of God, meaning the Nevi'im, the ones who are sent by God, not the angels, but the messengers of God. Ubozim Dvarov, and they, they, they show how what Nevi'im say is ridiculous, and how it's silly. Umetatim b'Nevi'ov, and they make fun of them. You know, they were just these, 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 these people that, 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 that this, their, their imagination got the most of them, and it was just an opium of the masses. Umetoch kach. Bowen with Dabra Belohim, the Kofrin Beikar. And from there, the next step is really denial of God. So let me just stop here for a second. I, I, I don't have a reason why the Rambam, who seems to know all uh, the story of Miriam very well, and he seems to know that 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 Pusik is really about having a different perspective on Saras and what Lashon Hara does to you. But what I do see here is the Rambam turning this into much more than just being a human being and caring for someone and not destroying somebody. The Rambam says that this sort of speech leads to what the Rambam feels is the ultimate a calumny, the ultimate negative thing, which is denying God. He believes that, 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 that the type of foolish, negative, enjoyable gossip where you take people down is a process. And it's a process that, that always, if it follows, again, what the Rambam feels is a pattern that he believes is prevalent everywhere, it's a pattern that leads to denial of God. And that's why we've got to destroy, that's why Lashon Hara is so terrible. Because, yes, it's, you're right, you just, it, it, it isn't about, look what you did to this other person. It isn't about how you've stabbed this other person, you've ruined his life. That is also true. That's collateral damage. But what's really going to happen to the person is that through his connection to other people and sort of his, he believes his own press. He, he, he becomes almost uh, in, charmed by, 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 by the, uh, what he, you know, the constructions that he's making in his mind. And as he's going towards this terminus of, 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 of heresy, which is denying God, the call from Baker. And that's why when when we when David Amalek speaks about uh Hara, it says Shatu Pihem. They 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 sent their words against God in heaven. But you know where it started? How did they get there that they really do not believe in God and they have a concept of God that is so foreign to what we know is true through our history? It's because they started, they couldn't control how they spoke. In other words, it all starts, David HaMelech said, with just schmoozing everywhere. This is the result. This is the terrible end. And it starts by the shmuzarai. And that's what happens from people who aren't speaking and learning, but people who are just, hey, what's going on? Water cooler. Um, 
barbershop, the yeshiva's knesio, shalame aretz, or, <laughs> again, the knesset, maybe, <laughs> right? Knesio, shalame aretz. It's, it's just talking. People just get together, a huge uh, town hall discussion. And, of course, parties. Yeshiva's bate mishtos, im shose sheichar. That's where this all occurs. So the Rambam is really, of course, he thinks it's, it's a waste of time. But he's really zeroing in on what he feels is the ultimate waste, where you actually become a turncoat to God. This is what it leads to. Avol, sichask sheire Yisrael, betzadikeyam. And I mentioned this last week. It's, it's, it's very well known that the Chafetz Chaim was not a monk in terms of the way he spoke. But the Chafetz Chaim was a person who uh, engaged in kosher speech. He spoke. He was Ksheire Yisrael. In other words, they knew how to schmooze. That's what they talk about. And you're right. They build theories. They knock each other down. But the, but, but the, the stage in which it happens is a piece of chazal. It's a posik. It's a medrash. It's, it's an idea. It's something perhaps that, 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 that a, a, a philosopher challenges us with. That's what, that's what a good Jew schmoozes with. So God loves that, and he actually makes sure that those types of schmoozim, those bull sessions, those droshos, God is actually on your side there. And he actually makes sure that it happens. And he, and he, and he gives us opportunities for more of that to happen. Shenemar oz nidbru Hashem. That when that occurs, the people who fear God talk with each other. Don't be a monk. Talk with your friend. Vayakshev Hashem says, "Oh yeah, look what they're talking about." According to the Rambam, it doesn't mean there's some book. Oh, I better write this down. I'm going to write this down. Okay, that's good speech there. Okay, you got a good button now. What it means. It means, like he says here, that the Rambam feels that means God is another way of saying, Malachi is saying, that God will help you to have more such discussions. That when that occurs, God says, okay, God opens things up for you in a way that you become more involved, having even greater and better discussions in this sort of fashion. And that's really how you can replace the desire for sociability, the desire for connectivity, it can happen, and it can be a very full, it can be pithy, it can be funny, it can be uh, uh, you know, uh, thought-provoking and exciting. And that's where, that's, now, I, I, I believe somehow the Rambam is too busy to count you know, this idea, think about Miriam. You must think about Miriam when you want to speak Lashonara and you need to say it every day. I think the Rambam has got, he, he's got a bigger picture on his mind. You know what I'm saying? So even though he, he does agree that God does want us to use Miriam as an example, it, he doesn't believe that this is what, this is what we need to do. We need to stamp out Lashonara and this is the way it happens in this very positive, beautiful way the Ramban says. Lashonara is really something uh, much more of a bigger piece. And therefore, I think that to me explains why he doesn't believe that it actually is counted 
as a separate mitzvah of, 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 of mentioning the, act, the, the story of what occurred to Miriam. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 